0: Hey, it's Seamus. Before we start the show, I want to shout out our sponsor, Kenwood Beer. Kenwood Beer is Philadelphia's premier light beer, and it's my favorite beer. Kenwood has just done a massive overhaul, rebrand, redesign that just screams classic beer. You could see some of their new merch they got dropping. Some really cool stuff. Kenwoodbeer.com. I feel like I see Kenwood popping up at more and more bars and beer gardens and places throughout the city, and it's so great to see. They have some new redesigned cans. They're getting six pack cases now. They have the pounders. They have the tall boys. They have everything. So check out kenwoodbeer.com to find out what places around you sell ice cold Kenwood. Additionally, I want to shout out the Tisberries for doing our theme song, Philadelphia area indie rock act. We love supporting the local music scene. We love the Tisberries. We love the arts. We love the wallflowers for people who subscribe to. NFL red zone. So before we get to the show, talking about Tobias Harris, talking about James Harden, talking about the Sixers, unfortunately, here are the Tisberries. <laughs> We got a brand new episode of the Broad and Forever podcast coming at you. I'm your host Seamus Clancy, joined as always by my guy Zo. Zo,
1: yeah, Yo. how you doing?
0: What's your crumble cookie supply looking like right now? On <laughs> Wednesday um, afternoon. This
1: is I I can proudly say this is a insomnia cookie household. Oh yeah, um,
0: oh yeah.
1: So you know my crumble cookie, uh, I would say crumble cakes because they're not even cookies. They're like small personal cakes. Um, we've i haven't had one in i would probably tell you a good seven or eight months um so it did not work on me tobias if you're listening i know you listen to this pod so
0: i never even had heard of them i was a little confused i thought it was maybe a like a brand that you maybe you grow up with that's from different parts of the country that's not even related to the philly area but there are franchises here of crumble cookie that he owns correct Promo and cookies. Let's I, look him up. And it's funny. It's We're making fresh big cookies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing about that, to be honest with you,
1: I was under the impression that he owned the one in Ardmore. I think, or you know, it might be Wynwood. They, they opened the one in Wynwood, and I was under the impression that he just owned that one, but apparently he's got a stake in a couple others. Um, and, you know, in the area. Uh, but even again this is not even this is well this part is not an anti Tobias thing. I just don't like I don't like the cookies. I think they're um they're just they're just mini cakes with a ton of icing and they're pretty decadent to be honest. Like if you if you are not a person who enjoys you know a a rich icing and decadent icing is probably not your not your thing.
0: I'm intrigued by this classic pink sugar one. I'm looking on their website now. They have about six or so. Their chocolate not, chip is okay. chocolate chip looks solid. Wedding yep. cake, maybe too much. I don't know about that. Peanut butter blossom, I'm a peanut butter guy. I Galaxy brownie, it, it looks a little like the knockoff Enemans, knockoff Tasty Cakes ones that – Yeah. With. yeah. I mean, maybe that's what they're going for, but not really my thing. Fruit pizza, uh, they could have came up with a way better name, and it, it, it sounds unappetizing. In classic pink sugar. If I was there, I'd probably try this one. All time favorite. I don't know whose. Definitely not mine. Sugar <laughs> perfect pink swoop of real almond frosting. Now containing real almonds. Thanks, because it said real almond before, Appreciate but it, apparently yeah. it was not real almonds. Appreciate it. I usually use my empty calories on on alcoholic indulgences anyway. So I, yeah, I was
1: gonna there. say I I I'll, I sooner use mine on um the the giant bakery like we have a mm. we have a, a giant habitown has they're one of the top five bakeries in the area of like the the markets and stuff um and they always put out they have a, they have like a fresh a fresh donut thing um a fresh cookie display so any anytime i have any extra calories to burn i'm in here but I, I just crumble definitely not my thing um, the chocolate chip is okay. I've had I've had the chocolate the chocolate chip, and it wasn't it wasn't bad. I always judge a place by a chocolate chip cookie. Um, I like I'm I'm more of a soft baked guy, you know. Um, so not like a chips ahoy guy. No, 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 I'm not not a chips ahoy guy at all. I a soft and chewy or soft baked. I'm not a not a chips ahoy guy at all. But I don't judge anyone who likes chips ahoy. It's just not my thing.
0: Yeah, maybe if it's three o'clock and you're in college, Chips Ahoy. Oh, head. right, and then you know that. Oh, right. Yes, that's in its own.
1: Didn't write didn't <laughs> down. In there, right? like, uh, take a take a chocolate
0: milk and a whole thing and Chips Ahoy <laughs> hoises <head. laughs> My favorite cookies are. My mom would get them from the Reading Terminal, I believe. I don't know the name of the place. It's one of the Pennsylvania Dutch locations in there, one of their bakeries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were these pumpkin cookies. So it was like a pumpkin cookie cake thing. And then there was this like cream cheese frosting in there on top. And she still gets them for the holidays sometimes. So growing up, those are my favorite. You know, mom goes food shopping on Saturday, makes gravy and pasta on Sunday for football, eating the pumpkin Mm -hmm. cookie. And eating around the circumference of the cookie and just leaving the the frosting part for the ends, and then getting really angry because the Eagles lost to the Cowboys or something. Uh, cream cheese icing, big fan. Absolutely. That's my number one probably.
1: That is absolutely like a like not even low key, but cream cheese icing has definitely become in recent years like some of my favorites. Um, if I'm going to the little- chair, just give me a, a jar of that, honestly. <laughs> like. Cupcake, definitely cupcake, cupcakes and like small like homemade cakes, definitely cream cheese icing has been the way to go. It's really, really good. It's just it always tastes fresh, at least to me.
0: Yeah, there is a an inherent freshness in there and maybe I'm getting stuff that's more fresh and maybe it's because, like you said, it's really good for homemade stuff. So that's fresh made. It's not sitting there all the time. But man, now I'm, uh, you know, I've been trying to eat a little bit better. Lost a couple LBs. Now I just want some fucking yeah. cream cheese ice cream. I'm screwing it. myself right now. Yeah. One less, one
1: less, one, less uh, one less, craft brew, and that's one more red terminal cookie.
0: Yeah, I like that. You got to do a little give and take.
1: <laughs> yeah, give and take, right.
0: Do you want to share with our listeners what mm-hmm. has transpired about Crumble Cookie that has led to this conversation And what happened with Tobias Harris on Tuesday night at a fanatics event, I believe at the Wells Fargo. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take the listeners. Uh,
1: Yeah. So yesterday was uh, fanatics
0: community day.
1: Um, So Michael Rubin gathered a bunch of his, uh, you know, very famous, very rich friends. Some of whom are in the music business. Some of whom are professional athletes who some former fashion endorsed fanatics. And they went across couple of different locations across the country to um you know to give back to the community and 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 kids and things like that. It looked it looked pretty cool. I mean you know all the Ruben hate aside, everything, it looked like a, a very nice mission. Yeah. Um that's so, was there. Right. The Eminem crew was there. Shout out to those guys. Um it looked like they rolled the red carpet out for, you know, a lot of the young kids, which so which was always great to do. Um so the Sixers or the, I guess the Philly portion um, of the event had, like we said, Mitchell and Ness there, uh, a couple of the local guys. I saw a little baby was there. Um, and Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris were there. Um, obviously, a couple of Sixers beats were there. Um, Tobias obviously was asked about comments related to, you know, his dad, who is his agent, for those that don't know, um, commenting on how the Sixers have been using him pretty much poorly his whole time here, um, how he's an assassin shooter. <laughs> and he, and, you know, of course, the trade rumors, you know, Tobias is on the last year uh, of a, a, a multi-year contract. Um, so, it's, you know, he's an expiring, he's an attractive contract, you know, given the the new CBA rules in the NBA. Um, and he pretty much, you know, laid it out and said, one, he, he so when he crossed out two 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 cardinal sins he committed that, that we'll get into after this. But uh, his words, to paraphrase, were, um, you know, casual Sixers fans, they would trade me for uh, a couple of crumble cookies, um, and then went on to, you know, basically tout uh, what he thinks are his his greatest, uh, you know. I guess, resume or achievements on the basketball court. He's a 40% or almost 40% three-point shooter. He's a guy who can, who can guard the other team's best player and also guards one through five, um, so on and so forth. He's excited about Nick Nurse being here and excited about the team and what they can accomplish um, and you know so on and so forth after that. But in general, uh, I think it was the first time I've seen Tobias Harris um, speak non-politically. I think that he is a guy, I agree. you know, he's extremely, extremely articulate. Um, he always either shies away or words something very intentionally. And this is a guy who could be quite honest, sounded like he was done with playing here. Um, and that's fair. But I, I think calling the fans of this city, of any of these four teams casual uh, was certainly one of the cardinal sins. And I think the other one was just letting his frustration come through. I, I think that um, I'm sure he's, it's not the it's not the first time he's been asked about it. The guy's been in trade rumors for the past three years. Um, so it's certainly not the first time. He's almost,
0: been. As, almost as soon as he signed the contract, it felt like, right? Because that literally, first season was right. bad. Because the first season was bad.
1: Right, everyone, and, I mean, not just yeah. As soon as – I feel like as soon as Elton Brand got bumped down to – you know, the second level, second executive level, I feel like the the trade rumors started swirling. So yeah, like if if not the first year of that contract, maybe the second year on is when his name started popping up in different deals. I mean, you know, the first time we thought Dane would be available, you know, Tobias popped up. Um, you know, the first, I think the first Harden rumors, his name popped up, like what if, you know, what if the Nets wanted or what if you know, Houston said, "You got to give us somebody else." And we said, "Well, you know, what if we send Tobias?" Well, Tobias went. And like, um, I just think that he sounded like a person who visibly um, has has done is done with his time here. Um, but I, I, I totally think, um, you know, to the point of your article and to a lot of people are saying it's extremely disrespectful to us, to think that you know people who want a change of Scenery for you and, and for the team are casual fans. I, I, that's just that's that's completely asinine to me.
0: Well, the, I, I always hated the, the casual thing and it felt like a very broy thing always. And I'm someone I who would, like, yeah. would usually fall into that demographic, I guess, maybe not like actually yeah. and, and go with it. But just as someone who's, you know, young guy in his in his 20s his whole life of sports whether it was me with the job or not the job whatever right right like it's not like good to do have like the level of fandom i did like in a a vacuum it's not very good for it's not a healthy thing and tons of people do and it's fun and the highs are high the lows are lows but i never liked the casual branding even as a separate thing from hardcore fans i don't think you're less of a fan if you only watch like i always think like are you going to call your grandma a casual fan when she's celebrating the Philly special? Like, no, because that's the fun of it. The fun is when there's, the team is doing well, there are casual fans because that's what creates the environment of the city. That is this, this unique place that I felt last fall at the Phillies. I mean, I I didn't even follow the Phillies super hardcore last year and I was writing on them weekly. I, I wasn't watching them the way I am now, or I had in high school or, or in college or different things like that. And you know, he felt it in 2017, too, when the Eagles yep. were on that front. But the funny thing to me is... So if they're only... So if he's talking about casual Sixers fans, so he's assuming there's a segment of hardcore-slash-smart Sixers fans that are watching the, the games game in and game out, and those are guys that are... Those those fans are the ones that are seeing him have, you know, a couple 30-point outputs against the Hornets or the Bucks or the Magic in January, February, and March. And I think some of us online... I'm talking about us or other people. You know, I've written I've written positive Tobias things throughout his Sixers tenure. I'm not yeah. just you know,
1: I'm, I've always hated the guy or something <laughs> like that. Right, right.
0: But you can kind of get sucked into his trap a little bit when you're seeing those yeah. outputs, and then you see a you know a late game possession where he bullies the shit out of someone in the post. I'm like, oh man, like he really should just average 25 pretty easily, and he doesn't. And then the casual fans. Are the ones who aren't paying attention to all of that, but only following in the playoffs. And right. in reality, their opinion <laughs> is what matters more. Right. Because it's, they're they're watching the games that actually matter. Their, their perspective is solely focused on the part of the season for the last six, seven years. We have realized only matters, right? I think the right. only two regular seasons we've really, really enjoyed were 2018, the first time it's really happening. They're having a good team. Yep. And then in 2021, where Ben's looking really good defensively, Joel is in the, the MVP hunt, Tobias is playing well, and they're the first seed. In a very weak Eastern Conference, and you're thinking that there's a clear path to the NBA Finals. Obviously, right. if doesn't fruition, we could rehash the Atlanta series till the end of fucking time. But casual fans, or people you think are dumb, are the ones watching you in the playoffs. I looked it up, and I said in my article, I don't know if you've read the article, I, I tweeted it out. Do you know what Tobias shot from three in the Celtics series? 25%. 25.9%. That's almost 40% when you think no, about man.
1: it. It is almost 40%, <laughs> right? On
0: a great scale, that's almost 40%, pal. You're the guy who almost shoots. Also, I guard the other team's best player. And, like, sometimes he does, but that doesn't mean he does it particularly well. Uh, from what I saw, the, the Celtics played – Jason Tatum played pretty well in game seven in Philadelphia. I could, I could guard one through five. I couldn't do it uh, – I'd get my ass handed to me Within two seconds every time. That doesn't mean I could do it well. Um uh, so, I, I just think like saying you got one through five in today's NBA it's
1: it's the most bullshit of, of all things. it's a it's bit really of a bullshit. misnomer. Right. And it's the most bullshit thing ever. There's three traditional centers in the NBA. It's Joe Joel and B, Joker, and like maybe and like sometimes Rudy Gobert who who fucking sucks. But like if outside of those two, every center is a power forward, dude. Like Tobias yeah. is six nine. Everyone the only has like two center, inches on you.
0: Like right. everyone you guard has two inches on you. It's not like crazy. so.
1: Congrats, man. Like you can guard a guy who's six eleven. Like you're six nine in shoes, and you can guard a dude who's six ten.
0: Congrats. Like your no guard. It's a guy who was at 3 three twenty five years ago. <laughs>
1: right, right, right. <laughs> like it's, it's like if the Spurs trotted out Tim Duncan as their center. Like all right, great, man. Like you you guard Tim Duncan on a ninety basis. Like that's cool. I just it's it's so that's so it's like if a middle linebacker said, yo, I'm the guy who takes the fullback out of every game, you know, like, like no fullback has a game on me, you know,
0: but, Yeah, I, I had 20 tackles. They were all seven yards downfield. that's that's the uh, uh, who is the guy the Eagles hard in like 2020 that would play like the air guitar. Like the white, like one of their many white linebackers that sucked that people loved. I'm so (laughs) mad. I can't (laughs) think of his name. It's probably a name like Motley has like written on his wall, Billy Madison style.
1: Motley's got an Ashton Stone on his wall. He's it's gonna it's like it's gonna come to us. Fuck, who was I'm looking it
0: up. Oh my god, he sucked. And he was under uh, Alex Singleton.
1: Yeah, 120
0: tackles and 100 and. yeah, and he had 163 tackles last year for the for the Broncos, and then 2021 for the Eagles had 137 tackles. That guy is not is not good at football.
1: He's not no, he's not good at fucking football, man. Like that's that that's the that's the point that that we're literally getting at. Like guarding one through five in today's NBA is such a it's such bullshit. Like it's it's I understand what he's trying to do, but like don't try to put a wall over our eyes. We're not nobody in. No one in this city is a casual fan. Every every single person in this city in some form or fashion was invested in the past six years of Sixers basketball. A lot of us, like you said, like before life happened, a lot of us, we were up till midnight on those fucking West Coast trips. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And like and then all of us who weren't tuned in and get tuned in as soon as the playoffs started, which, again, for this, like you said in the article, too, for this team, all that matters. Like the, the, the regular, the regular season does not fucking like matter for the Sixers. I, I think everyone knows that everyone gets it. Like aside, aside from the opportunity you get to go to a game, which is a great experience, I would say, please go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and aside from the opportunity you get to, you know, when you're just chilling on a Tuesday night and they're playing the Knicks or like the Nets are in town or, you know, Le- LeBron, and the Lakers, or whatever. And you're watching on TV, like outside of that, the story of this team will always be written in the postseason. Like that's their curse, like it or not. But I just think that saying that is so obtuse and it's also just another, you know, notch on the belt of folks who say you don't understand the city, which you don't, you don't get it. I I don't think that his, um, you know, he's just one of, he's one person though of that current, I would say fashion that is so Know weak when it comes to you know times that it really matters. I, I, my they the lasting impression of this team for all of us is game seven, man. I, I, I think that laying down,
0: like maybe even game six or so, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like the, the for a guy like run him,
1: run. yes, two points in 42 minutes.
0: Oh, I didn't even like go to this point, title. I just did like on basketball reference, the did all the tabs for the for that specific round, and I game it was 12. Six. a game.
1: Game six, two points, 42 minutes. Two points. And it wasn't like you spent, you know, 40 of those minutes keeping Jason Tatum to, you know, five for 30 shooting. (laughs) You were just getting cardio, scored a bucket, 42 minutes. That's almost a question. Like if someone made if uh, if Fink made one of those uh, uh, quizzes that he always does, like one of those polls, oh like things. could you could you could you score two points in a forty-two minutes of a pro basketball game?
0: The Harrison Barnes one was the the famous yeah. one. Uh, that was I think that was a Tyler I am thing. Like if yeah. you had if you had like it was like fifteen minutes yeah. to score a bucket on Harrison Barnes, like you get like. <laughs> 10 million dollars, could you do it? I'm like no, was, I, like, I wouldn't. Yeah. I couldn't dribble the ball once. Like, no. I, I it's funny because um
1: I forgot what I was watching, but I was I was watching a TikTok and there was commentary from a uh NBA like assistant, and he was saying how a lot of these guys that like you, you might even know who a guy is, it could be the 14th person on the bench. And, he, and they play in these summer leagues, right? And these dudes, these just civilians think that, oh, um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna bust his ass, blah, blah, blah. And like a lot of these dudes don't even get the ball across half court. Like these like guys. Chase
0: on, Chase on Randall is taking you to the fucking Right. Dude, Chase on Randall scores it.
1: 60 on you, right? Like yeah. that's, that's how easy the game comes to all of these guys. I, I like, I have a, um, a really good buddy of mine who is, um, an assistant at Temple was he always used to tell me when he was playing at Temple at the time that like there's no such thing as like a bad college basketball player. It might be like a bad team, you know, like a team. might, And and, like the issue is not like, oh, this is a terrible team. It could just be these guys just aren't gelling the right way at the right time. And if you think about it, it's actually the truth. Like it's like me any division one college basketball player can step into any gym right now and score hundred points. Like that's, that's how game. Yeah. These are. right. It doesn't matter. And, right. And, and the same thing goes for the NBA. Like I remember hearing a story about, uh, about shake Milton going to summer league and scoring like 70 on a dude. Like that, that shit is just easy. It's a lot of that stuff is so easy to these guys. So like when a, a dude like Tobias Harris calls you a casual fan, it's so disrespectful to the knowledge of, of of so many people who have poured whether it's an hour or a hundred hours into this dumbass
0: team. <laughs> I don't think anyone intentionally wants to be angry either. I think that's, there it, that's is, the other part, right? There's so much mental energy from people put into this organization, not just through this playoff run of the last several years, not just through the process with their whole lives. Look. I wanted the process to happen because I was a Sixers fan in the post Iris and era where, like, this team is, is so fucked six ways to Sunday. They needed to they either need to like sign Dwight Howard and Freedancy or just tear it all down. And they, exactly. they did that. That's why I was happy with it. that's right. why I supported it and did my writing that way. I don't want to be angry. I think everyone would be really happy if the Sixers played well and made even just the conference fucking finals, let alone the finals or winning the title. I don't think they would have beat. Uh, Denver, if they made it that far, that that team just seemed to to gel another level. And I'm thinking, like, yeah. is is Tobias Harris like is is Michael Porter Jr. or Aaron Gordon really that better than Tobias Harris? No, but I think they just get it a little bit more. I think, yeah, I, I think Jokic's yeah. ability over Embiid that uh, we all have unfortunately have to concede plays a role there too, but. No one wants to be pissed off and no one wants to have to trade these people. It'd be a lot fucking simpler if the team was just pretty good and they didn't have these terrible, terrible spring flame-outs every year. I I feel like I should have – when I was at Penn, I should have went like the management consulting route. started my own (laughs) consulting uh, firm and just met with the four teams in town or five teams at the union. I don't think it's – PR matters as much there. Yeah, and Just like – Every time you sign a player or you get a new draft class, you just spend, like, an hour with me at, like, $5,000 an hour rate. And I'll just explain, like, what the city's like, oh, how so to, like, everyone's teams. ass right. and do that. And that would have been a very easy side hustle for me. They should do that. In my article, I suggested uh, the Hoagie mouth I-95 guys, yes. that yes. Uh, some girls on Twitter, they were – they were thinking he's a looker. He just seemed very Philly in a good way. A good, for, yeah. good for him. I mean, good for him. He, I hope he uh, got he call some himself f- the mayor, mayor of Mayfair. He should be. Just he is. Live your life, but. Or just a pretzel vendor outside of Citizens Bank Park. Or right, one, yeah, of yeah, one of the guys right. hawking t shirts or water bottles. I think if you literally just spent five minutes asking that guy or that woman, or that person, a few questions about what it's like playing in Philadelphia. Any PR executive or team security person or whoever would be in charge of that could very easily come up with a at max two page outline that they need to deliver to every player in this city. I don't or, think that that is something time consuming or anything else. Just read this, and you know, you read it once in training camp, you read it once before week one, and then you read it once before the playoffs. I think well, like, that's that, that's a simple. I think that's perfect. I mean, it's perfect. And I think. The
1: other I don't thing mean is, this to be like
0: demeaning to the players or anything, but like it's. I think PR staffs, and I'm not, I don't really know how PR works. I have a little bit of interaction with like the Eagles and Phillies and Sixers or whatever, but that's what would have to be part of it. You think, right. Relating to that's public relations. How are you relating to the public? And by making these types of comments, you're not relating at all. Right. And
1: and I think that the bigger issue is, you know, when you start talking about, Teams, the players and guys who have put their foots in their mouths is just that you, you, you have these gaps where it's like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. Uh, I just call, I just, I just called a Flyers fan, a casual, I just call Sixers fans casuals.
0: I don't think there's a so, single casual Flyers fan has ever existed. They are like going to kill themselves if they're like losing it. Right, right. And they're like when the team's like 14 and like 37.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh they they like trade the whole fucking
0: team, right? Like concede. <laughs> Mo from the Simpsons looks like it's suicide again for me. <laughs> Not tonight, old friend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and it's the it's it's just interesting to to see how consistently there's there's miscomings, right, and, and shortfalls, and there's no kind of you know, just like yeah, we we internally have to get better. Like last year, last year Tobias was the guy who said we're weak, like we're too mentally weak. You know, we got to get tougher. And it's just so funny to hear that, like this year it's this kind of bullshit, which is like so weird, man. Like I, I don't, I don't. And then having your dad come out and say that they've been using you wrong, and you know all this other, just like ridiculous nut shit. I I almost feel like it's just time to, to, to go. But I mean, you, you hit on, you hit it right on the head. with saying it'd be so much easier if we can, if like, if, if guys just did what they needed to do, like if guys just showed market improvement, right? Like it was so, it'd be so easier. Like, let's take it all the way back to 2019. And, and, and what we now know was most likely, unless a Paul George Stray happens, was most likely this team's best chance to win a championship. I feel like that was the best team that this team will have, um, the best iteration at least. And again, uh, uh, the the moves that transpired post post, you know, Kawhi bounce really changed the the outlook of the franchise forever. Man, like if 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 guys had just it's hard to say. Suck it up. But if guys would just sucked it up a little bit more, that team, I think, would have still been together and probably would have won a championship. I have no doubt in my mind it would have at least played for for two, maybe, and won one probably.
0: It's kind of fucked to think about, but I, I've thought of my whole life. How you think about that in real life? Oh, if I, you know, reached out about this job where I did the oh, yeah. okay. exam. But I think it applies to sports, too, in in terms of the effect on yourself. Uh, Say that Kawhi shot doesn't go in and they win in overtime and they make the finals. Our lives could be radically different right now if they just something. It sounds stupid, but that's kind of the butterfly effect of these all. Do you think I would have acted the same way or had the same psyche or personality through my teenage years in my early 20s if the Eagles had won at least one of those Super Bowls when I was a kid? No, I, I think I'd be a pretty different person because right. growing up and you know, before the, the big J journalism days, I kinda of find myself by my Eagles fan. Right. Yep. And if that had gone a different way, I could be a different person. And I'm not trying to throw the onus of this on the players the way we're credit like it's not Tobias Harris's fault if you don't if you don't like your life right now. That's, right. That's, right. Not what, that's not what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh but, man, if, if anything goes differently, game six against – maybe if they make the finals this year and even losing five, we could just have a different feeling. There's a different aura around basketball in the city because they, they've really killed – and I read about this in my story on phillyvoice.com today. They have absolutely killed my interest, my enjoyment, of what was formerly my favorite sport, and it fucking sucks.
1: They'll do that, man. I, I, I feel like, you know – um, Basketball is my favorite sport, mostly because I, I honestly I will take I think I can I can balance it because I've taken such a huge interest in college basketball and high school basketball. Sure. Like, you know, the the NBA isn't the the end all the be all for me. Obviously it's the apex, it's where everybody goes. But you know, I still live for, you know, a lot of those leagues and, and a lot of, you know, following a lot of the local teams with and local guys, but I can – it it does affect you in a way, man. Like, I, I get it. I mean, four straight NFC championships, you know, and, like, it, I'm sure it affected you in a way. It affected all of us in a way. But like you said, as someone who defined a lot of his life by the Eagles, I'm, I, I know it affected you in a different way, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like JoJo, vicious, and all that it's, shit. I it's not, that. it's
0: not Andy Reid's fault. I was like depressed right. as a teenager. I'm not right. trying to make it, bad. <laughs> to see what right. it is. right.
1: Like, you know, and it's not like, listen, it's, it's not Markel Falls or Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris's fault that some dude hates his job or that, you know, I feel like, yeah, I'm putting my wheels on my job. All, all that shit out the window. But I do think that when you do hindsight and and stuff like this, it does make you look at how you consume it and how you process things. Um, No pun intended, but I definitely think that it has changed the way a lot of people will take this team in. I mean, there's obviously that, that section of sickos, I'm sure myself included in some form or fashion that will always take it in a little differently. Um, but I've talked to people, and I know you talked to, to, to similar folks, who said blatantly, like I won't care again until the playoffs. Like, like I, you know, like I, I just—I like, I don't
0: think you should. If, if yeah,
1: you, and we've said that before. They're like you, you should go to like not go like a concert,
0: up. go out to yeah. dinner with your spouse, hang out with your friends, family. Like, don't waste your Friday night doing that. And you, and know if know you want to, if you want to fine, but I don't right. think it makes you. And this gets back to the larger casual fan after what this team has. Put the fan base through, yeah. not just the last six, seven years, the last couple of decades, really, in the, and since the finals in 2001. I don't think it makes you a lesser fan in the absolute slightest if you don't yeah. give a fuck about October through, through April. And those That's that's a formality. If they win 48 games, if they win 54 games, I know it can matter in the standings and who they're playing, but ultimately it doesn't matter unless they show up in the playoffs, which they just don't. They don't. And And – this is the part I think
1: overall that pisses me off the most. I actually wish that they like the like last year's Phillies team would just be a team that every year kind of backs into it. This is the this is the part that really fucks you up because they are consistently, have consistently been one of the top six or seven teams in the league for the past five years. So like every, they have all the, they have all the hype. Year. They get
0: Sports Illustrated every covers. They meet MVP. Year. They they right. they're always swinging big trades. That uh, they're they're dominating the rumor reports inside the season, outside of the season, and I said it today. They they really are the Cowboys in a way. In a way, to me, they had the the '70s and '80s success, or like the '70s through '90s success, and they haven't really won shit, and, and even gotten to a point where they're remotely relevant in terms of playoff success in over two decades, just like Dallas is almost creeping in on 30 years that's been uh, just past the 10,000-day mark since yeah. the Cowboys were last in the NFC Championship game. I want to see how many days have transpired since the Sixers we'll counted the, the last day of the finals in yeah. 2001. So let's see this. Going on here, franchise page on basketball reference. We have 2001 season. NBA finals they lose game 5 of the finals on June 15th 2021 days in between dates calculator half today at the end date and then 06 15 2001 we have gone over 8000 days 8000 000, 0 48 days since the Sixers were beyond the second round of the playoffs
1: that's that. That's that's nuts, man. It's
0: pretty sickening. It's sickening. I, I wish I looked that up and included it in my article. Maybe that's a that different article. Absolutely nuts. And eight thousand days. Eight thousand.
1: I look. I remember last year, well, last season now. Um, might have been sometime in. I want to say sometime in um, pre. It was definitely pre trade deadlines, maybe like November ish. Um, Daryl Morey's on the radio and they flat out ask him, you know, if this year doesn't end in a championship or a trip to the finals will it be a failure. And he answered, very much answered yes, and that this team was built to win championships or is being built has been built to win championships. Like like this was the end game. And they, at least so far, you know, post game seven, they've just not operated as such. And I'm not saying, let me just preface it with, I'm not saying throw all your cards on the table and go get Dame, all, none of that crazy stuff. I'm just saying there's no way you look at what failure looks like from these, you know, 12 guys in game seven, in game six and seven, to be honest, and look and say, fuck it, let's run it back. You just cannot do that. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know all the answers. I, I don't know the answer, um, but I can almost assuredly tell you it's not paying James Harden $47 million next year. Um, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't see a world where, you know, and this this is Mike Levin brought up a terrific point on last week's pie last week's Ricky that the fact that no one else is even like calling or clamoring for him could turn it into an instance where he's like, All right, fuck it, I'll take two years 90 mil from the Sixers, but you know, I'm I'm done trying though. You know, like yeah, I, like I'm 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 cool, like I'm done. I'm done trying to prove a point since no, you know, no one gives a fuck about me anyway. So like, I'm done. I'll take my 47 mil this year and next year, and then you know, I'll ride off to the sunset or I'll I'll go play my last you know few years as a late. I'll be, runner, I'll know, be a
0: sixth man for whatever. Yeah. yeah, like I'll
1: be a, I'll be a sixth man for Brian or whatever. You know, like. And I think that that's like there's definitely some. I, I think there's some truth there. I think he is a guy who won't come in next year and try harder. I think he'll get his money. No, he'll come in no. next year, and he'll just say fuck it. Like, I got my money. You Like, I didn't get what I wanted, but I got. You know, I'll, I'll take them for all they have, and let's see what happens. He he won't come in the training camp with a six pack. He won't come in with fresher knees. Like we've we've seen his apex. We got it. We got it. Wasn't the year before that hamstring, all that shit. Yes, last year, fairly healthy. We saw what he is in the playoffs, and that's it. That's all we got. So, your bank, I, 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 I truly don't think that there's any you're gonna get any different. You might get worse. Like that's my my honest, honest, honest assessment of it. Is that you actually might get a lesser
0: player next year. It's bad. It's bad. People don't people don't usually get better at 34 when they're right have. I don't want to say character concerns because that's bullshit, but like, trying like, f- frankly, trying concerns that are well, yeah, like yeah,
1: trying concerns, yeah,
0: African, and yeah, and uh, you know, playoff uh, failures have you know f- followed him for you know over a decade. He was very bad in the twenty twelve finals. You know, Eric Spoelstra said afterwards their whole game plan was focused on stopping Harden, which is a compliment, but they knew Kevin Durant was going to get his thirty five. They knew. They should let Russell Westbrook shoot themselves out of the game. And that they can yep. neutralize Harden, they can win. And what happened? They won in five games and Harden played like dog shit. So, yeah, it's, it's not looking great. I want to close with a fun hypothetical for you for next summer, the summer of 2024 that I was thinking about last night. Yep. The Sixers do, in fact, own their 2024 pick, I believe. Yep. Because of the way the, the stipend. If – if the Sixers are on the twenty fourth, twenty fifth pick, and one Bronny James is sitting there, would you easily take him? Assuming that LeBron James is also coming in, Yeah, I would. Yeah, wh- why not? Like, why not? Do something different. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, let's, I would. Let's, let's have a different energy for a year and it'll be. Yeah, chaotic, let's have a different energy. It's, let's, let's just let's just let's do it. Let's give you know. People twenty years from now, they'll they'll be able to buy a Mitchell Ness years Lebron yeah. jersey. Like, I think that's that's like worth more to me that 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 year of relevance, and, relevancy, yeah. and maybe yeah. more so cultural relevance than basketball relevance than just losing just say, in the fucking second round again. I think I that
1: um, I, I think that there is a. A, a world where you might have to trade and b next year or you have to
0: or like, tomorrow like, who knows
1: well tomorrow i'm just like no bullshit. you're right like like tomorrow next summer I, I know like there's people who who consume you know this shit on if you can believe it or not a, a higher level than us but like talking to people that we both know and trust there is not a safe world where b says he doesn't want out of here man and I know he's, you know, he's been, a, he's been the good soldier. I get all that. He gets he it, off-road. even though he's,
0: he's no showed some of the playoffs over yep. his career. has had some bad, bad playoff performances, but we really don't get on him because he gets the, the gist of he it. the it. way yeah. Tobias Harden and other players on different teams that come through the city have it. He, so he has it. the benefit of the doubt of being an MVP winner, but you know, we've seen MVP winners be criticized in this city. Yeah. People who are perennial yeah. all-stars or pro bowlers, get criticized in this city, but he seems to get it. And I think that gets some off his back, which again, says a lot in speaks yeah. to the, the dissonance there is between the, the simple line of understanding this city.
1: And I think well, this is, we're going to, and we're careening right into this topic probably next week and, and for the next month. Um, You know, Jalen hurts is an MVP candidate. If Jalen has a bad first three games or, or a subpar, Non MVP first three games, there will be criticisms and there will be talk. You know, like that's that's just, that's what comes with the territory, right? And, and not just this city, any city. Like, we're not special in that sense. But quarterback, God,
0: the quarterback like, in an NFL team that's supposed to win the Super Bowl. Right. If you play poorly. Like you're going to get shit on. That's that's and the like, nature. I don't, I don't think you would really give a fuck no, either. That's work. the nature.
1: And like, you know, best player on a team that's been picked, that was at the beginning of last year, picked to win the championship. Same shit. Like, you, you have to, you have to get it, which we, you know, we give him credit. He does get it. He gets the criticism, but at the same time, like you are also homegrown. You know exactly what we invested into you. You know, mentally and you know, uh, psych- psychologically, and we know what you invested in us. To he always talks about you know when in his career here and all that stuff, but also, you know, I'm sure he gets it that. Sometimes you lose faith, and who knows how much faith he has in Darrell Morey. Darrell Morey is not his guy. Doc Rivers was his guy. Doc Rivers made him into, you know, or I don't want to say made him, but Doc Rivers got him to three, you know, two scoring titles and a, a league MVP. Like Doc was definitely his guy. We already heard that he was shocked and fairly upset that Doc was let go. Um, but you got your coach fired, dude. Like you, like you got your coach fired. You, know, you and your teammates got Doc out of here, not Morey. More he did what he thought he had to do. Your your game seven, your game six, really, and game seven performance is what got your your coach, you know, not here anymore. Um, so I, I think that the next forty eight hours, I mean tomorrow, tomorrow will tell a lot because free agency starts on Friday. Um, so we have a very busy forty eight hours coming up. Um, I, I think it's I don't know anything about anything outside of what we can't talk about on this podcast, you know, both of us. Um, And then I, so I say that to say uh, whatever we talk about next week, I won't be surprised.
0: Yeah. I could see some seismic stuff next week. We'll see. Yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's an emergency Sunday podcast. Right. Maybe, right. Maybe
1: emergency Sunday podcast. I will, I will, uh, I will clear my Sunday in case we do have an emergency uh, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night pod. So we'll see.
0: All right. We'll talk soon, bro. Listen to the they Tisbury's. Uh, we shot them out in our intro. Mm-hmm. Love the, I went to a concert at the Man Center last night. Nice. A couple people popped to me and they mentioned the Tisberries to me Yeah. because of the podcast theme, because of, yeah. you know, the the that they work in uh, Main Street Music up in Man Young. The records are up there, which is great, supporting the local music scene. Yeah. Really good good people and then huge Eagles fans, huge Eagles fans. They had a they had a Twitter thread that was great. It was like saying, Oh, they're counting crows for terminally online people <laughs> and then someone and then someone replied to him and said they're the wallflowers for people that have nfl red zone and i really like <laughs> uh and then ken kenwood did their big relaunch we had yeah, known about that for a bit awesome. Shout I, out to kenwood, uh, man. they have a lot of great new merch i think yeah. the the new cans will be hitting stores yeah. shortly they, look they haven't ready. already they have you know they have the the regular cans the 12 inch cans, now coming in six packs too which is great yeah. They have the the pounders, the sixteen ounce ones, and I think they also have the the big boys, the the twenty four yeah. ounces now, which yeah. is wild. I I do like a grabbing a two 24-ouncer for a little activity day. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that should be really good. New yeah, merch, so cool. you know, new you, new you can find sure, it. Yeah. You can find it more and more in the city. I feel like every bar I go to now is is really yeah. getting there. You know, my go to neighborhood bar is um, Bardot Cafe in, in Northern Liberties. And they have Kenny there, they've had it the entire time, and they know me as the Kenwood guy there. Like I've gone to where <laughs> Kenwood merch. <laughs> I think they were really confused at first. And I was like, no, nah, it's it's like a podcast, it's, it's fine. It's
1: fine. <laughs> That's why you, you, you wouldn't get it to podcasting.
0: One time, um, we'll close with this. I don't even keep bullshitting, but I was in garage fishtown, and this was yeah. maybe Two years ago, maybe the 2021 Sixers season, me and Ash just went there to watch a Sixers game at night. It might have been like a Wednesday night primetime game or something. And there's Kenwood on the menu, and I'm texting Matt the, from Kenwood. And he was like, can, can you buy a bunch of people from around you, Kenwood, and I'll just vend you the money? I'm like, yeah. And then there's a table of like five people next to me. And I go to the guy who – I think it was a guy who was serving us at the table. I was like, hey, my friend owns Kenwood. Can you buy a round of those for those people over there and put on my tab? And he got them that, and they were—I don't know where they were from. They were so fucking confused <laughs> what I was doing, and like, and I'm like, I feel like I'm a fucking sicko, like doing something. Like, I just bought these people around. You would think, like, hey, just like kind of go with the flow. Like, yeah, hey, thanks, man. Here, cheers. I go six or do whatever. And they were like, they were like, why did you give me this? And I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> And They're like, what the taste like, and I'm like, it's a beer. That's usually a beer. what usually I say. It's
1: a oh, beer, it, it's, it's a beer, it man. It tastes like
0: beer, it tastes like beer. Just do all it. right, maybe. Uh, we'll talk next week at the yeah. latest. We'll talk soon. Kenwood's berries, corner three newsletter, Phillywoods.com, all that good stuff,
1: yes, sir.